Hello, 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 and welcome to the Pottervision podcast. The podcast where every other week, myself, Lucas Kirkby, and somebody you know, Tom Lawrenson, we look at a chapter of the Harry Potter books and discuss them as if we know what we're talking about. This week, we're on episode 106, and we're on chapter 11 of The Order of the Phoenix, The Sorting Hat's new song. And I've got a new song. Tom, how are you? Look at these eyes. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm seeing them. If you saw these eyes looking at you through your letterbox, would you recognise them? I would, definitely. I think I'd know your eyes anyway. Do you think? Yeah, I think if I had like a bowl of eyeballs, I could pick out yours. That's lovely. If I was to do a home invasion, I'd love to invade your home. Yeah, like that. That'd be good. I think you should do that, like, because there's a bit in Potter Vision where you're uh, Aragog and you've got a balaclava on. I think you should do the whole of Potter Vision with a balaclava on. I think that'd be oh, great. That'd be bliss. <laughs> Putting the wig on top of the balaclava. You can do what you like. Mm. Cause you, you, I feel like you're at your most relaxed when you've got that balaclava on and those black gloves. There's something about concealing one's identity that makes you come alive. Yeah. It's like all these yeah. people on the internet who have uh, profile pictures of like cartoons and video games. It brings them out of their shell where they unleash yeah. terror on anyone who disagrees with them or has a different opinion. When you're anonymous, something ghastly comes out of you. What do you make to that? Oh, I think it's fantastic. I think I might go anonymous online. I might change my profile to a car or a flag. Start selling people nasty mm. things. Oh, that's yeah. lovely. <laughs> That'd be nice. That's my new new venture for 2023. Mm. Um... <laughs> I, fun, <laughs> I did a, I did a, a private gig the other day. Oh, a private gig! That sounds exciting. It was a, at an office in Leeds. Oh yeah, and um, it, normally private gigs or corporate gigs are not very good. How was your private gig? Do you know how I got this private gig? Go on. The um. The person who booked me for it revealed at the gig, her name was Charlotte, she was like, oh yeah, I'm a, I listen to the Pottervision podcast. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> That's funny. Hey, why well, am I not invited to this <laughs> private gig? <laughs> Do you live abroad? Hey. hey. Well, I hope that happens to me in Germany. I hope somebody from Frankfurt rings me up and he's like, Mr. Kirby, Mr. Kirby... I would like to book you for my private gig. And I'll be like, yes, sign me up. Finally, the yin and yang of the Pottervision podcast has levelled itself out. You run out into the audience of this office and you go, Ick bean ein Molman. Yeah, and they go, ooh, <laughs> and they start cheering. <laughs> but uh, it's very good. Yeah. Um, Charlotte and her partner are coming to watch us in Leeds. Oh, lovely. 
Does she follow us on uh, social media? Dunno, maybe. But she had a request that you sing the mole song at the Leeds gig. <laughs> yeah, maybe that'll come true. But the problem is when people have a request like that, because we've had that before, where people go, oh, can you do the mole song at the show? It's like, well, you kind of have to request it in front of the audience, because otherwise it just looks like I've decided that I'm going to sing the mole song to everybody. And that looks a bit weird, because nobody else has probably listened to the podcast. They're like, why the hell is he doing that? Could we get you a microphone and some backing music for the mole song? Oh, it's an a cappella piece. It always has been. It always should be. I feel like music or anything like that would ruin the vibe of it. Is it something we could get the audience involved in? Like... So like, well, they could do the bumper lumber lead on dumbs. Yeah, exactly. They? But how would you coordinate it so they always sang them in the right place? Could we like just like put a point at them? Bumper lumber lead on dumb. Bumper lumber lead on dumb. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Every time I do that, you go bumper lumber lead on dumb like that. I was in the field one day. Bumper lumber lead on dumb. Everyone else was far away. Bumper lumber lead on dumb. It'd be great. I mean, hey, we'd be looking to add a few new bits to the show. We should fucking put this in the show. This will kill some time. <laughs> <laughs> I say put it in at the end when people can decide whether they want to stay and listen. Or they can leave having seen the show as it should be. I think we'd stick it right at the, right at the beginning. Yeah. Well, I think I should be stood at the, the door to the theatre and be like, right, you bought tickets, have you? Right, well, before you come in, you have to listen to this. And I sing it to everyone individually. And if they like it, they come in. If they don't like it, they go home with no refund. That's lovely. Because um, um, during the week, me and you did a Patreon special of Wallace and Gromit. And uh, yeah, we did. Wow, was this a good episode. If you're not on the Patreon, I advise you sign up and get access to the Wallace and Gromit special because this was an episode to behold. Right. Um, yeah. But because I had Wallace and Gromit... I don't Grom- think we've ever been so enthusiastic in our lives. So then talking about Wallace and Gromit, it was great. Because I had Wallace and Gromit on the mind at this gig, right? And room full of British people, right? And I go, uh, everyone's seen Wallace and Gromit. I point to some lad, 21-year-old lad on the front. I go, have you seen Wallace and Gromit? Wrong trousers. And he goes, no. No. Oh. My, ma- my brain was loose in my head. I couldn't understand what I was hearing. Yeah. Hell. Never seen what, what was the audience's reaction to that. Lady next to him went probably too young. I was like, no, no, it's on. It's on every year. It's always on iPlayer. It's just on. You watch it. You watch what? Like you've got to see. You might as well be a <laughs> something horrible than not having watched Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, he didn't like it. You know what I mean, I was picking on him a lot. He was sick of it. Oh, an hour of being picked on by me. Yeah, well, he deserves it. If you've not watched Wrong Trousers, you deserve to have your trousers hoisted up into an uncomfortable wedgie. Zoinks! That's what you deserve. <laughs> Zoinks, school! Yeah. So that, that twisted my melon, man. Bloody hell. 
I wonder how many people have not watched the wrong trousers, because I thought it'd be like... One. Only people without a telly. But even then you watch it through a window. Yeah, come on. Even if you've not got a telly, come on. <laughs> have a gape through a window. Have a, have a gop. Have a gop. I think that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, if you're not gulping through a window watching wrong trousers, what are you doing with your life? Mm. You've missed out. Fair enough if you've not seen the more recent matter of loaf and death. But if you've not seen wrong trousers, shame on you. Mm. Yeah? Especially if you're from the UK. It's a tradition. What have you been up, up to? there with Mary Poppins and Beans. What have you been up to, old boy? I've been preparing for my absence from work because obviously I'm flying over uh, to you to do this tour. Hey, well, well, as you know, I drove here in my car, in my little Hyundai, uh, and Hyundai. I thought, right, I'll drive back. Yeah, so I bought myself the, uh, I bought myself the Euro Tunnel. Yeah, bought myself the Euro Tunnel, and I thought, hey, I'll treat myself, right? I'll book the Euro Tunnel and then I'll book a hotel in Dover, right, on Sunday night. So I'll drive, you know, to the Euro Tunnel, get through, and then have a lovely sleep in Dover and then drive down, right. But stupidly, when I told work the number of days I was going to be off for, I told them that I was, they were like, what days do you need off? So I looked in my diary and I was like, well, I've got a workshop on Tuesday. So I said I'm off from Tuesday until I come back in March. Stupidly, I didn't tell them that I'd need the Monday off. Oh. So, <laughs> so I now can't, I don't physically have enough time to drive after work on Monday and <laughs> get to Loughborough by Tuesday morning. So uh, I've, had to, I've had to book a flight and they won't let me refund the, uh, the tunnel. So I've postponed it till Six months and just... I'll sort it out later. So yes, I'm flying on Monday night. What an interesting man. <laughs> How do you mean? Who's picking you up at the airport? Well, because I'm doing these two workshops in Loughborough with uh, Kate McCabe, so she's picking me up very kindly. And then we're doing some workshops with some teenagers Tuesday, Wednesday. And then Thursday, we're having a rehearsal. For the tour, Pottervision. Do it, me and you. And on Friday, we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be there as First well. First time hearing of it. <laughs> we thought we'd give it a bit of a go through before we go on a 22-date UK-wide tour. We thought we'd go over the lines a bit. <laughs> well, I did anyway. Yeah. Hey, look, listeners, none of this practising in the car on the way. We are a professional touring theatre company. Mm. We have a day's rehearsal before now. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got to practise the new bits. We've got some new bits, haven't we? Yeah. I'm excited. We've got some new bits of material, some funny things, some unsettling things. And, uh, yeah, we've put the show... The show's now in two halves, so normally we'd have a stand-up doing 20 minutes. 
and then we'd come on and do an hour. But now we've got two 40-minute sections. It's like an actual play or something. We've got a fucking... You might see in the theatre. We've got a week away here. Oh, yeah. Proper, yeah. From the 5th to the 10th, or maybe the 11th, yeah. We're away. That's a, like a week. We're away. We're on a holiday. And then on the 11th, yeah, I'm I'm doing a stand-up show in Leicester. I'm doing my solo show. If anyone wants to come to that, you're going to see me do an hour of stand-up. I'm doing it on the 11th of February. And uh, not many tickets left if you want to come. If you want to come see old Tommy Laurie show off on his own, no Lucas Kirkby. <laughs> yeah, you won't get me. Uh, but if you want to see Pottervision in Leicester, there's plenty of tickets left for Leicester. Uh, some of the shows, we've sold a lot of tickets. We've sold out Manchester. We've nearly sold out Scarborough. I think we've already got over 200 people coming to see us in Belfast. That's going to be great. Uh, but others, uh, there's not that many. So come and see us in Leicester. Uh, Swansea, that's another one. Some, um, and, uh, but yeah. some... Some sh- some some shows have sold extremely well. Manchester sold out. We've yeah. had to add a new an extra day. Same day, yeah. different time. Same day, but we're doing an earlier performance. And I'd advise getting the tickets that. for the earlier p- performance because we're going to be worn out for the second one. So sorry, people who bought the evening performance, but. <laughs> <laughs> But we've decided to do the Three Peaks Challenge just before we get there. We're doing Ben Nevis, Snowden, <laughs> and uh, Scarfell Pike. And then we're getting to Manchester and doing Potter Vision for you. But we were, la- we were laughing before. <laughs> because when you look up um, the Potter Vision tickets at some venues, like <laughs> Dundee, you're like, all right, let's buy a ticket. And it says, ticket availability. <laughs> because there's so many tickets left, it says ticket availability. Excellent. <laughs> don't be saying that. We don't. We want people to think they're selling fast like hotcakes. Oh, don't don't buy your ticket. Consider it on the day. Maybe rock up. Maybe they'll let you in for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's the thing with the tour. You know. I'll, I won't be the first to say that the Potter Vision boys are not Adele. I won't be the first to say that, right? We don't sell out in two seconds like that. But it's a lot, isn't it? Some of them have sold really well, some of them not so well. But then they're a bit more intimate, aren't they? You know that you're going to get a higher proportion of winks and raised eyebrows coming your way if you're in one of those smaller audiences. You're going to get a few more waves like that. <laughs> a few more winks. Thumbs up as well. <laughs> Whereas in a sold-out show, you might only get one or two every five minutes. Mm. So, you know. <laughs> but yeah, if you're you know, if you're thinking of coming, book yourself a ticket. And if you are already coming, why don't you tell somebody you know? And you like. Or don't want, and they can come along don't want to come. But feel pity on us, buy a load of tickets and just don't turn up. Hey, that would, yeah, even if you're busy, if you're busy but like rich beyond your wildest dreams, just yeah, just buy a load of tickets and not turn up. Or, uh, yeah, do that, yeah, <laughs> yeah do that, yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, so that's our advert for the tour. I uh, hope you're excited to, to come and book your tickets. Don't feel sorry for uh, us. But come uh, on, if you're 106 episodes into this, you're invested, aren't you? Why not come and see us? And we always meet people afterwards, so even if you just want to say hello, and you're not bothered about the show, do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you'll never guess what I saw in the bathroom. Un- unflushed the turd. <laughs> I wish. It was. <laughs> in the corner, the top corner of the bathroom, there has begun. You've guessed it, listeners. Some black mould. Right. It's followed me to Germany. Right, but... Three years ago, or two and a half years ago, when we started this podcast, I was a mould whelp, right? I was, it was my first time dealing with black mould, right? This time, I'm a seasoned veteran, right? I got myself some black mould spray, and I sprayed it, and here's the difference, I didn't rub it, I left it. I sprayed it and left it, because that's what you have to do. And uh, then the next day I sprayed it and left it, and the third day I sprayed it and left it, and now I think it's dead. (laughs) As a dodo or a doornail. It's not dead as a dodo! (laughs) (laughs) So that's, you know, for anyone who's interested in, you know, the mould storyline that's been coming on, uh, that's it. I've I've learnt my lesson from it spreading all over my house in Manchester. lesson. But we digress. I'll say we digress. We haven't even talked. Started talking about the <laughs> these books. Uh, you ready for a chapter rundown? Uh, one minute. Oh. <laughs> don't, don't trust. There we go. What was I going to say? Um, more news from me. Uh, listen, listeners. Oh, yeah. People have been stealing from your leader. Hey. I've had a video. I've had, for like the fifth time, someone stolen one of my video ideas and recreated it without giving me any credit or, uh, yeah, they just went and robbed it. And it's that that oh, it's that ladu. Which one? Uh, it's the video of me pretending to be an ice cream seller who keeps being cheeky with the ice cream. Oh so yeah. The video has been stolen and recreated Oof. by that lad who does like he just. Well, first of all, he just copies off Ricky Gervais. He just does Ricky Gervais faces all the time. Ooh, ooh, ooh. awkward. Yeah. <laughs> And he's yeah. gone and robbed that <laughs> idea, so uh, that's oh, how can these people do these things? A lot to of people you? steal from us, Lucas. Yeah. Mm. Well, somebody robbed one of my videos the yeah. other day. Yeah, I have a video where uh, I'm uh, a man in a skyscraper with a bald head and a white mm. vest. And I'm crawling through these oh. air ducts, trying to get to this German bloke, stop him from mm. being a terrorist, right? 
I'm watching the telly. This film, never seen before. Die Hard, it's called, right? I'm watching it, honestly. Like for like. I don't know who's been watching that, but they've, they've stolen a lot of things from my videos that I like Yippee to do. Yippee Kai Slay, motherfucker. Yeah. Hey, do you know all that? Uh, do you know all that uh, drag terminology that they use, where they go like, um, "boots the house down," or they say "slay." No, I don't know. Boots the house down. I know "slay" doesn't "slay" mean you've done very well. Or they say this one. They say "serving cunt." Ooh, don't like the sound of that. Imagine getting that at a restaurant. Ooh. <laughs> I ordered the quattro for Maggio. <laughs> What's this? We're serving cunt. <laughs> Where's my burger? <laughs> you get what you're giving again. in this restaurant. You get what you're giving. Lovely. Yeah. What's what the hell? What does that even mean, serving you know what? Does that mean you're being good or you're being bad? It means... I think it means you look very feminine. <laughs> oh, that's nice, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You look very feminine. But I was laughing, I was laughing today. I was imagining what if there was a bloke who, like, because the, these, like, slang phrases, they, they're a bit, they sound a bit offensive, but they're meant, like, with goodwill when they are said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was thinking, what if there was a bloke who used this, these slang, ways, slang phrases, but he tried to like shoehorn in actual insults when he used them? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So it'd be like, um, oh, boots the house down, you fat slag. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good character. <sighs> Offensive drag race judge. But they have drag kicked. Uh, drag kings as well, don't they? Are they serving penis? They look mm. masculine. Or maybe s serving... Serving asshole? I uh, don't know. Assholes. It could be anybody. Mm. Serving blokes yeah. asshole. Serving, serving builder's bum. Hey, that's more like it. <laughs> You're serving builder's bum, if you don't mind me saying you're serving Builder's <laughs> bum with a bit of toothpaste on the back. And that is, we are alluding to Mr. Bean. Nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bloody hell. You're serving yeah. Builder's bum. Well, like, everywhere has their own little, like, slang words and stuff, don't they? Mm. It's, it's impossible to keep up if you're not in on, the, in on them all. Mm. You could plot me in an episode of Drag Race and I wouldn't know me serving you-know-what to me boots on the floor. What was it? Boots? The house in. down. Oh, booting the house down. Boots the house down. Oh. I prefer the other one. Hey, you booted the house down with that song. You're looking very fishy, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> what does fishy mean? I don't know. Um, but let me tell you something. Yeah. You are an entertainer. Yes. Through and through. Showbiz yeah. is thy name. What, sorry? Showbiz is thy name. 
Showbiz is thy name. Yeah. Is your trajectory as a panto performer to one day become the dame? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like... Um... No, not really. I don't think I'm on a trajectory. I just do it for fun, really. Could you see yourself ever being the dame? Maybe. I was a dame once at me, like, drama school that I was in. I was the dame. Because I, well... Because at that point, I was kind of, like, uh, helping out with the... And they didn't have anybody to be the dame, so I just put a dress on and did it. But... Oh, no, but in Hansel and Gretel, I was a witch called Keith. And I wore a... <laughs> I wore a figure-hugging purple dress. And uh, that was in Hollyhead, where we were going, at the Echeldra Centre. And uh, but a lot of children used to cry. I had dark purple lipstick on, and a tight figure-hugging purple dress and a hat. And I was horrible. I had a little stick and I'd hit people with it. Well, not, you know, like, fake, but in the show. And you're not, you know, the witch in Hansel and Gretel eats children, doesn't she? They got a bit scared. Serving cunt. Mm. Um. <laughs> hey, I was, I was on that show, let me tell you. I, I was serving double helpings, if you know what I mean. <laughs> That's what I was serving up. <laughs> Start a main and pod. That was me. Have you seen that um, program? It's a dating show on Netflix, and this lad on it describes himself as two scoops of dog shit. <laughs> I think I have actually. Is it? Is it? Um... Love on, the love on the spectrum. Yeah, he's Australian. And he, he says his brother's like an Adonis, and he goes, no, I'm two scoops of dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Martina have been watching that. It's really funny. So, such beautiful imagery. A scoop of dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> Not just one, but two. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's good, that show. It's always, it's always sad because there's only ever like one of the relationships out of like six people that they follow around that ever end up still together. Mm. And I always think, mm. no, that's dating for you, isn't it? But that's love. That's love. Well, we've been watching a show as well called Love Is Blind, and that's an American thing where they people date and they all talk into the in these pods they call them, and they get to know each other. And before they even see each other, they have to propose. So somebody will propose to someone having never seen them, only talk to them. And then they have these reveals. And it's always going on about, you know, is there going to be a physical attraction? You know, it's an experiment to see if love is truly blind. But every single person on it is like a model. They all, like, they all look amazing. Then you think, well... It'd be a better test if some of them were, you know, ugly fuckers, you know what I mean? If they'd like a couple of, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, normal looking people, you know. That'd be funny. And then, you know, there's someone who's like, oh, I'm in love with them. And then Quasimodo turns up. You, think, mm. you go, we, like, you propose to them, will you marry me? They open up the thing. I'd immediately go, for fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want, because... It turns out that a lot of these people are actually quite shallow. So it'd be really interesting to see them with uh, with someone who isn't conventionally attractive. Mm. But that's my opinion. 
That's his opinion. Take it or leave it. <laughs> so, Tom, are you ready? Now we're half an hour in for a chapter 11 rundown. Yes. <laughs> chapter 11, The Sorting Hat's New Song. Ooh, what the bloody hell is that? They go into the sorting ceremony and Hagrid is nowhere to be seen. He's been replaced by Wilhelmina Grubbly Plank. And who else is sat at the teacher's table? But it's the toad-faced woman with the pink cardigan from the hearing. It's Professor Umbridge and she's the new Defence Against the Dark Arts teacher. <laughs> Dumbledore starts his speech but she <coughs> interrupts. Yeah, she starts doing a speech about how, you know, the school needs to change and it needs to be, you know, proper and all this stuff. And it's all guff from the Ministry. And the man is like, bloody hell, the Ministry are getting involved with Hogwarts. Next minute, they're all in the common room and Seamus has a few choice words thrown at Harry's way. He thinks his mum is a bit... You know, annoyed that he's gone back to school because she's been reading in the Daily Prophet that Harry's a liar and Dumbledore's going bananas. So they have an argument. He pulls some drapes onto the floor and then magics them back. And then they go to sleep. But Harry's wondering, hmm, are other children thinking this about me? And is Dumbledore annoyed that I'm the reason why he's lost all his things at the wizard gamut? And that's the end of the Sorting Hat's New song. What a chapter. What a chapter. We read And I mean that. I mean that. I'm keeping that. I'm keeping that. Yeah. Keeping that. <laughs> <laughs> Let him have it. Let him ha I'm keeping that. Fine, we'll preserve it. <laughs> I didn't want it I was just asking why it was there <laughs> yeah well I'm keeping it alright <laughs> yeah Luna so yeah <laughs> start off beginning the chapter oh I hope Hagrid hasn't oh, they haven't sacked him Luna goes I hope they have he isn't a very good teacher is he They'll go, yes, he is. Lads, we need to separate work from play, <laughs> right? Just because you like old Hagrid does not mean he's a good teacher. Yeah, and you can like someone and admit they're shit at something. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's not a good teacher. He's the... It'd be different, I think, if he actually prepared his lessons and then was a bit shit. But he doesn't put any effort into preparing the lessons. Last year or the year before, the whole, the whole year's curriculum was looking after one type of animal. What, what course is that? Imagine going to an animal welfare course and they're like, right, look after me cat for a year. Wasn't it an animal that he genetically engineered as well? Yeah, these blast-ended scroots. Imagine going to college doing animal warfare. They're like, right, I've got a liger. 
sort him out for the next 12 months and I'll give you qualification. Right. We shouldn't have this. Also, Hagrid's uh, failure as a teacher comes from the fact that he thinks everyone in the world knows as much as him. There's been so many instances where people ask him questions and he'll stroke the spine, of course, as if, like... Yeah. Everyone should know that. No, you should act like people don't know anything and start from there. Yeah. Well, you know, when I was tutoring maths, that's how that's how I used to I used to do it. Like kids who'd never learned Pythagoras before, I'd just give them the worksheet. When they're like, How do I do this? I'm like The side of the hypotenuse squared is the other two sides squared added up, of course. And then I'd let them do it then, then they'd know what to do. <laughs> I had to really concentrate there because it's that I picked a theorem that it's hard to describe in in one sentence. Well, yeah, bloody hell! You can't just go expecting people to know things. That's why you teach people. People do go the opposite way though. When I started my job that I've just left like five years ago, I was having to like file, and yeah. they were teaching me how to file. Like I couldn't believe it. Like they were like, okay, the the number on the sheet. You find the file that correlates <laughs> to, and then you put that sheet in the file. You try it. And then I did it, and, and then the guy goes, how does that feel? <laughs> How's it feel? <laughs> oh, it's good. I like it. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> I'm feeling really warm after doing that. <laughs> well, I remember I was at a school once and uh, there was like a training day and they were teaching us how to log on to this new system, right? And they were like, here's how you sign up. And there was a five minute video that we all sat in assembly and watched. And it was like, right, first you click register. Mm. Here, where it says email, you type in your email. So I, for example, am s.smith at soandsoschool.org.uk. Then, here's a password. Now you can choose what password to have. All right, so I type in the password like this. If you forgot password, there's a little thing under here that says forgot password. And then you click, this went on for five minutes. Everyone's registered for something, <laughs> something in their life before. We know what to do, Samantha Jones. Or whatever the fake name was I made up. <laughs> yeah. And we had to all, like, tick a thing that said we'd watched the video and we'd signed up and... It was a programme I don't think we people, ever used. People would try and teach you to go to the toilet. Right. You get your willy out of your trousers. You don't wee through your trousers. <laughs> hey, well, I'll tell you this. You'll... You... You're joking about this, but once in the school, I was at a staff meeting and the deputy head had to tell the male teachers off and not flushing the toilet <laughs> in a staff meeting. Yeah. Well, I, the, the, my my work was awful for that. Like, emails, emails really? constantly. Like, you'd go in the men, I'd walk in and they'd just be, they'd be piss on the seats. Like, <laughs> you're in off. Like, you know, in a pub. <laughs> Like pissing on the seat, people would like um, people would, like leave car crashes in the toilet bowl, like and just stand up, walk yeah. off. You're like bloody hell! How can you not flush? Where's your shame? 
<laughs> Maybe it's prime. I've been crap. Standing up going, well, that's the there. end of that chapter. I don't look back. I always go forward. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a message from a serial killer, that, isn't it? Leaving something like that for people to find. Oh, I'm going to be next. <laughs> And famously, I think I've told this story before, but it's important to have refreshers once in a while. When I first started the job, oh, yeah. someone had shit their knickers, uh, their underpants, and stuffed them by the side of the toilet. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the County Court Money Claim Centre. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. I'm sure I told the story about the time where I was sat next to in an adjacent cubicle to someone. Didn't know who was in there, but I heard them trump. <laughs> and I knew who it was just by the trump. And when they came out, it, it was them. Because only there was only one person that would trump so audaciously in a, in a work toilet, knowing someone else was in there. And, and I'll tell them. you about this bloke. I know, like, the thing is, this, this podcast has started off very toilety, and it will continue. Um, when me and him are on a roll, we're on a roll, right? If we, if we find some fire in hey, something, we, we add fuel to it. Right. There was this bloke at my work, this big, horrible bastard, uh, the type of cunt that's got <laughs> a big, horrible chest and skinny little diesel jeans. And, like, you know, he was like a manager. <laughs> yeah. And his shits stank. You'd go in the toilet... Uh, and you'd know he'd been in there from this whiff that come out. I'd go, I'd walk in and go, oh! and it was honestly revolting. And he walked around with a big shit eating yeah. grin on his face, like, and he was a brummy. He'd be like, You're right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fucking bloody hell. Some people that just don't have any shame, do they? Stinky as shit. Good lord. It's like. A dog has crawled up inside him and died, and the dog was shitting itself after death. So, uh, they're at the sorting <laughs> ceremony. <laughs> Hagrid is absent, um, and they announce Umbridge as the new defence against the dark arts. Speaking of darkness, uh, we... The, the dark arts teacher is Professor Umbridge. I am excited for her reign of terror. I feel like she is one of the scariest characters in this whole book series. Are you looking forward to reading about her slowly taking she over the school? She scares me. Yeah, scares me as well. She's... How easily she slips into authority. She scares me. Yeah. Oh, she's scaring me, Dumbledore. I'm away on holiday. Um, Deal with I love this. So, sorting ceremony. I feel like we've not had one of these for a while. We are back to admin, aren't we? No. Good bit of admin. You're going in there. You're going in there. Um, aren't they fucking concerned about Hagrid? He's fine. He's dead. Is that, is that the clothes you want? Hagrid's dead. <laughs> yeah. He's dead. <laughs> Well, I know, they keep going on about it. It's like, I'm sure you'd have heard. Like, you've been at the Order of the Phoenix all summer holidays. They'd have told you if Hagrid was dead. <laughs> but what is he up to? Do we know or not? Don't matter. Right. <laughs> Don't matter, does it? Um, Don't matter. Also, they keep saying grubbly plank. 
I would refuse to say Grubbly Plank. Grubbly, right, is not a forename. <laughs> well, that's. I think it's double-barreled, isn't it? I think that's a... Uh, <laughs> The whole surname is Who would rush over to the guide dogs when they came in? 
Uh, I, I wasn't one that rushed over. I just used to look at it wishing I was one of those that rushed over. That's not dead. No, not he yet. is alive. I feel him in my feet. <laughs> feel him in my heart. I feel him in my soul. Feel him all over me. Uh, uh, uh. Nah, this ain't it. About anyone else, that's not a great song, but it's all right with God. <laughs> Mr. Griffiths is not dead. He is alive. I feel him Richard in my Griffiths. toes. I feel him in my heart. I feel him all Did over me. Did you have a Mr. Griffiths? Probably. It's a very Welsh name. Oh, we had a I Mrs. Like Griffiths, you've... I believe. But we had a lot of Mr. Jones. You've done a joke Louis. before where you've said Mr. Griffiths. <laughs> He's obsessed. <laughs> it's a very Welsh name. Funnily, There's a lot of like, classic You Welsh always jump to Mr. Griffiths. I, if I ever need to say a teacher, I will always say Mr. Emery. Now, I only had Mr. Emery for one year in high school. He was a uh, geography teacher. But people yeah. said that Mr. Emery wore a thong. And people also said that he had sex <laughs> with a student on the back of the school bus uh, right. on the night of the prom, which I'm not Ooh. sure I believe. It sounds very... Uh, well, back of a school bus? Mm. Bloody hell. Well, if it be anyone, it'd be the geography so teacher. so funny. Right, so they all applaud uh, the Sorting Hats song. I won't applaud. I'd be like, no... Too cryptic. If you're giving us a warning, say. You know what I mean? Just say, yeah. Umbridge is evil. Just say that. <laughs> yeah, you can rhyme something Umbridge like Bumbridge. Huh? Evil Knievel. Yeah, just say, don't, don't pussyfoot around it. Don't boots the house down, right? Serve yeah. some cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going for a record in this podcast? I think we've heard more C bombs. How oh, do you mean? Around. It's I'm I'm doing I'm doing drag lingo now, right? I'm trying to be inclusive, right? So if you want me yeah. to not be inclusive, I'm going to call you what you are, bigot, right? But from now on, I do. Dr- All right, I'll let you be inclusive. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the welcome feast, right? Dumbledore's like. My speech will come later. Have some grub. Right? They're describing all this grubbly plank. And it's no making man. me look forward to all the harvesters we're going to be having on tour. Oh, God. We need to set up rules for that. Because we're... Oh, ground rules. Right. One a day. We'll, we're no, we've got to do Super here. Harvester Me, where we have Harvester three times in one day. <laughs> <laughs> On the day of a television yeah. show as well. Oh, oh, we're really sorry. We're, we're very full. <laughs> Three samples. Yeah. Ooh. And they're unlimited. Refillable drink and a main. Super harvester me. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be good. What was? What are you on about? Is it called Super Size Me? Yeah, bloke has McDonald's for every meal for a month. And what happens to him at the Bit end? Fat, uh, feels unwell. Um, 
Yeah. As you would. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but that would be the same if you were this, just one anything else for every meal. If I had an orange for every meal for a month, I'd be feeling uh, pretty good at the end of it. I, I think... He's, what's letting him down? He's, he's, he's had nothing but fried food for a month. D- deep oh, fat yeah. fried oh, food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to do Super Harvester Me. And we'll see how we are by the time we get to Hollyhead on our last show. Or Denby, actually. That'll be fun. Super Harvester Me. That'll be a freebie I'll put on my account. Uh, I'll put it on the Pottervision account as well. <laughs> hey, put that in Potter Vision. We need to remember. <laughs> Ronnie speaking. We, we with need his to mouth. remember to um, go on. At the beginning of every Potter Vision show, to talk about the man who closed the till with his penis at um, where was it? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it only worked at Hull. Say it again. You'll go. Uh, oh, we do have a bit of problem, don't we? Like, yeah, went to Toby Carvery a month ago and. Guy gave us that change as we paid and he closed the till with his penis. What does it mean? <laughs> yeah, it happened. Yeah, that's got to be on CCTV as well. PPP. I think we get in touch with them, get the tapes, and we stick it on as a pre show video that they can see for context. Excellent. So the food is all played out of them, right? The tables were groaning under the weight. Oh, yeah. Of the food. Excellent, said R- Excellent, Whoa. said Ron, with a groan of longing. Imagine that. Whoa. Some roast potatoes get put out in front of Ron. Excellent. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just eat them. Why waste your time with a weird groan? But he's talking with his mouth full, and it's like, come on. Fair enough in year seven. You know, first year, when you were 11 years old. It's your first day of high school. You're stuffing your face and talking. You're 16 this year. Right? You're a big boy now. We don't do that. We don't do, do that. that. It's like him bloody pissing in the urinal with his trousers around his ankles. You're not a little boy anymore. We don't do that now. So it's, it says here, oh, bah, 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 the it's, yeah. <laughs> he said, Ron was eating roast potatoes with indecent enthusiasm. Boys going through pubic at the dinner table. <laughs> Moans of longing, inappropriate enthusiasm. Come on, just eat the potato. You don't have to be licking it. And it seems he's got, he's got no respect for ghosts. Nearly headless Nick's there, and he's got his, he's eating with his mouth open, Ron. And then he's accusing nearly yeah. headless Nick of having any blood. He goes, nearly headless Nick's like, this blood that goes through my veins. And then he goes, you haven't got any blood, you're a ghost. You, you're dead. Need I remind you? And it hurts his feelings. Like, oh, it's a figure of speech. <laughs> but then Nick, Nick floats off in a huff and it's like, come on, you think a 400 year old ghost would be beyond being offended by the comments of children he must get stuff like that all the time nearly headless how can you be nearly headless 
Like this? Mm. Let me tell you something. Yeah, what do you want to tell me? I bought a new television. Did I tell you? Hey, bloody hell. New TV. I'll let you watch a film on it when you come round. Will you? I'm excited now. However, this TV was too big for my TV stand. Oh. So, like, the legs of it, the legs of the TV, my old TV, yeah. the, 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 the stand was in the middle, right? Yeah. Whereas this new one, the legs, are at the side. Oof. So, yeah. the TV's wider than my TV stand, and the legs wouldn't go on it. So, have I ever told you that the mind is a problem-solving machine? Yeah. My mind, I was like, oh, think, Tom, think. So I went to B&Q, and I thought, rather than buy a new TV stand, get rid of this one, I'll extend the one I've got. And so I put a shelf on the edge of my TV stand. <laughs> <laughs> like right. the ones you've got behind your head, but like shorter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Screwed in a shelf to the edge of my TV stand. Looks weird, but it works. <laughs> hey, and it's a talking point, isn't it? You know, that's a bit of an icebreaker if you ever have family around. Oh, I suppose you're wondering about my weird TV stand. Mm. <laughs> yeah, what, what have you done there? I've extended it with a shelf. Mm. Oh, good. How's dinner coming along? I'll just check on it. <laughs> oh, I forgot to put the oven on. Busy doing that shelf. Forgot all about it. Yeah. <laughs> Hermione and Ron are bickering, and at some point it goes like Harry was so fed up of Hermione and Ron bickering that he didn't even bother trying to sort it all out. It's like, well, this doesn't seem like a good foundation for a relationship, does it? Like, if they're bickering now, you think, are they compatible? I don't think so. No, I don't. Do you know an expression I hate? Long in the tooth. No, a bit long in the tooth. Just means you're old, isn't it? That's horrible. Yeah, oof. Reminds me of the one foot in the grave theme tune. (laughs) Long in the tooth. (laughs) Do you know J-Lo? J-Lo's the same... Age as one foot in the grave is when it started. Oh yeah, I saw that fake, fake showbiz news tweet. Did you see oh, that? No. It was like um, J Lo is sick of people reminding her that she is the same age as Victor Meldu was when one foot in the grave started. And then there's a fake quote where it's like, "I haven't even watched the show." She snapped. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great account. If you're on Twitter. Look for fake showbiz news, and it's—I uh, think it's based in Britain, but it's—it's it's just like loads of weird fake news reports about celebrities that are very funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Dumbledore does his speech, right? And he goes, "I need to remind you, uh, Filch has asked me for the four hundred and sixty-second time to remind you to behave." Right. If I'm the headmaster of a school, 
and the caretaker is coming up to me in the summer holidays 462 times to remind me to say something. He's getting sacked. After, after number six or seven, I'm like, right, if you if you remind me again, I'm sacking you. Mm. I don't care how that's going to look on the, the form. Like, I'm sacking you because you reminded me of something. <laughs> Shut up, I've written it down. Look, it's on my agenda. Mm. 462 times, imagine me. That's like me reminding you about things. Bloody hell. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Not quite 462. <laughs> yeah, bloody hell. But Phil should do what I do, and instead of just reminding Dumbledore with a message, he should send Dumbledore a picture. And then Dumbledore has to look at the picture because he's intrigued. Ooh. And then he reads the message. Mm. That's what I'll do with you, innit? Or I'll send you a link. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do the naughty doggy. Yeah. I'll send Tom a message and he'll be like, 10 things I want you to do for Potter Vision. You won't believe number six. <laughs> and he's like, oh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> it makes him read them. You won't believe them. <laughs> Get rich quick with these seven Potter Vision tasks. With these seven Potter Vision tasks. <laughs> yeah. So Umbridge interrupts the speech, which is very rude, and uh, we get some reactions from the teachers. And it's a lovely reminder for those of us who've forgotten that... McGonagall has a thin mouth and Sprouts has flyaway hair. I'd forgot what type of hair she had. Don't so be I'm thinking that McGonagall and Sprout are sexy. Because they're not. The only people whose looks are getting better is the children's because they're growing up. The teachers are getting older. <laughs> if anything, it's more flyaway. If anything, it's Thinner lips. If anything, it's sallower skin. Yeah, but that interested me. Like, I'd be really interested to see Snape's reaction to Umbridge's speech. But there's no mention of Snape in this chapter. But I'd be interested to see whether he'd be like intrigued or annoyed or whatever at Umbridge. Mm. I think he wouldn't like it. But on the outer, he'd like it. Because as we all know, Snape is a double agent. <laughs> oh, he is, isn't he? Yeah, he's a double Spoilers. agent. Spoilers! Come on, you should know what happens. You're on episode 106 of the Harry Potter podcast. First impressions of uh, Professor Umbridge? I'm a bit uh, sceptical about her. Uh, interrupting Dumbledore? Now that's a bit rude. Yeah, it's very rude. But I'm willing to give her a second chance. Maybe she'll go forward from here and go nice. Yeah, we don't know, do we? Because I know she can be a bit grating, you know. She's got a, a girly voice. <laughs> she goes hem, hem, hem every five minutes. It might get on people's nerves. She's a bit patronising, but who knows? She might turn out to be lovely. But people aren't really enjoying the speech. People start talking. 
people start speaking amongst themselves. And uh, it reminds me of a couple of comedy nights that I've been to, where the audience just start talking amongst themselves. Funnily enough, people never talk through Potter Vision. No, because Potter Vision, you have to concentrate, don't you? <laughs> no, I think it's because the two of us and they're fucking scared of us. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm. Every time, this is what we do, because always, I don't know if you've ever seen a, a two-person play, but always, while one person talks, the other person doesn't talk. So we very cleverly put into Potter Vision that when one person's talking, the other person's raising a fist like that to the audience, making sure they're quiet, like that. And then when they start talking, the other person does it. Potter Vision, the only show where the performers have a loaded gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Huh>? Oh. <laughs> well, I remember doing a gig in. Uh, it was in Abigelli in North. Abigelli, 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 be Abigelli. Go on, sorry. Were you there? What? I don't know if you were there, but we put because um, we needed a space for performance. We moved the pool table in front of the dartboard, and then the regulars got really pissed off that the dartboard was <laughs> was covered up. So in protest, they just had a really loud conversation throughout the whole show. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, this made me laugh. So Umbridge is doing a speech, right? And she's like, oh, practices must be, you know, forbidden and, you know, progress must be stopped and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And Hermione's listening to the speech and she goes, you know what this means, don't you? The Ministry is interfering at Hogwarts. Mm. Right. The government definitely should be interfering in Hogwarts. Why, why have they not got any influence on the schools in the wizarding world? It's like somebody coming up doing a speech. Right, and this year, GCSEs will be moving from the A to F system to a 1 to 9 grading system. You know what this means, don't you? The Department of Education are interfering with St. Michael's C of E Secondary. Of course they are with the bloody government. <laughs> Rolling our eyes. Um, yeah, Ron calls the first year's midgets. I don't know what to, to make of that. <laughs> I ignored that. I was like, weird. <laughs> That's odd. Uh, and then... There's a bit of argy-bargy in the common room, isn't there? You know, you've read it, haven't you? Yeah, Seamus is like, thanks to you, Harry. I wasn't allowed to come back to Hogwarts. My mum's shit scared. And then, who was it? Dean Thomas was like, my parents are muggles. They don't know what's going on here. Tell them, right? That's a safeguarding issue. You shouldn't be keeping secrets from your parents if there's deaths at Hogwarts. <laughs> Do you believe the shit he's Anything saying? Anything happen this year? Cedric Diggory's all right, I trust. Look, I've just found... Uh, <laughs> I've just found a... Oh, I can't remember what it's bloody called. I've just found an order of service funeral card in your bag. What's that? Nothing's happened in school this year, eh? Is your mate in here? Cho Chang's got nothing to be upset about, has she? Not at all, ma'am. 
But everyone gets involved. It's a bit bloody, uh, a bit of excitement. First day at school, and you're having a right old barney with everyone. Neville gets involved. He defends Harry. That's nice. But Seamus, oof, don't like it. Right. How many groaning schoolboys are you giving this chapter out of five? Uh, I liked it, you know. We're back in school. We've got a lot more familiar faces. We've got Nicholas de Mimsy Porpington. We've got uh, McGonagall. We've got some flyaway hair on top of a woman. It's a lot of fun seeing people back, yeah? A lot of good fun. We've got the sorting hat with his new song. A bit of a warning, yeah? So that's a bit of, uh, you know, foreboding, uh, foreshadowing even. So it's a, bit, it's a bit exciting, isn't it? We've got Umbridge. I'm enjoying the start of her reign of terror, as well as a bit of argy-bargy in the common room. Yeah, it was all right. Pretty good. I'm going to give it four dead schoolboys out of five. Well, that was not what it was being graded at. It was groaning schoolboys. Right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't hear it, and because we were just talking about Cedric, I assumed it was dead schoolboys. Right. For me, <laughs> this chapter was a bit of all right. Ron groaning his way through assembly. Dumbledore acting a gent. But... It was a bit boring. I'm giving it one groaning schoolboy out of five. Right. Scathing. Are you ready for quiz? Quiz, quizzicky, yeah. quiz, quizzicky, quiz, 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 Gonna ask you some questions. How well will you do? Quiz, quizzicky, quiz, quizzicky, quiz, 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 quiz. Gonna ask you about... Harry Potter Lucas, how well will you dee? <laughs> la 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 Question one. What do Puffle what do Hufflepuff think of Hagrid? Oh, uh I think he's a bit of an embarrassment. No, they think he's a joke. Question two no. What house? Um, did Ewan Abercrombie get sorted into? Gryffindor. Correct. What house did Zella Rose get sorted into? Ravenclaw. No, Hufflepuff. Question four. Oh, friggin' hell. What was Umbridge's voice like initially? Little girlish. Correct. Question five. How did McGonagall look during Umbridge's speech? Um, with uh, thin lips. Hawk-like. Oh. Unfortunately, Lucas, you have lost the quiz. Quiz, 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 quiz. <laughs> Lovely. Well, now it is time for the nation's second favourite segment. It's Hedwig's Drubbings. We're not alluding to owl poo, we're not alluding to plopings. We mean the messages you send in when we allude to Hedwig's droppings. What's in a beak this week? Well, we've had a five-star review from Molly Cole. And Molly says, I've started listening after being a fan of Tom's videos on TikTok for ages. And I love the podcast. 
been fully cracking up on my commute, listening in uh, and looking like a weirdo on the tube. My new favourite podcast. Well, thank you very much for that lovely review, Molly Cole. We've had another message from Archie on Facebook. And Archie says, I adore the podcast. It's getting me through these few weeks of hell of January exams at Cardiff Uni. Hey, he's doing a maths degree like I did when I was younger. Aww. He's just finished episode 29 of the Polyjuice Potion. Loving it so much, can't wait to see you in Swansea on the 2nd of March. Hey, somebody's bought a ticket for Swansea. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't wait to see you and your 60 friends that you're going to bring with you. Well, if he's only on episode 29, by the time he's got to here, he might have finished his maths degree. So we hope you did well. So thank you very much, Archie. Mm. Now we've got some more patrons to welcome. How many would you like to do today, Tom? How many have we got? <laughs> Nine. Oh my god, the patrons keep going up, but the price, the amount we have seems to stay the same. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. Let me fucking think. Right. Um, <laughs> five. Five, here we go. All right, well, first of all, hey, we've got five baby Harrys then. The first person to welcome is Purple Purple Cat. Purple Purple Cat. You um, are a homeless baby. <laughs> You've seen there is a room to let in Wigan. <laughs> £20 a week. Not bad. You take residency and you're a pushy baby. On the way in, you are shown the room and shown you do not take for it. Room on its own, bed, nothing in there. You spy another room with bone wallpaper and decide to take up residency <laughs> in a room that someone else clearly owns. You are also a jewel thief. You take the wrong trousers and Wallace <laughs> um, to the History Museum to steal uh, uh, a big diamond. Uh, you, your plans are thwarted by a Gromit who gets a gun to you and a chase ensues around the kitchen on a train. Um, as this is all happening, I crawl through the penguin door and mwah, 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 Cracking story, Tom. Mm. And so welcome, Purple Purple Cat. We've also got another baby, Harry, and it is George Bonnick. George Bonnick. You are Andy's favourite toy. But unfortunately, uh, for Andy's birthday, <laughs> he's been given another cooler toy, a Buzz Lightyear. Jealousy ensues. All the other toys are looking at you, telling, laughing at you. You're not Andy's favourite toy anymore. Buzz Lightyear is. Um, uh, <laughs> in one day, in a fit of rage, you try to kill the Buzz Lightyear. You push him. Into the neighbour's bushes, right? Oh. Some shit. I can't remember what happens too much. But you wind up next door at my house. My name is Sid, and I like to dismantle toys. Um, 
You're a wussy... Do you call him a wussy cowboy doll? Oh, I don't know. I think he might. Where's that wussy cowboy doll? Yeah. Um, you try and terrorise me by spinning your head round in circles. It scares me. And so I hold oh, you yeah. close and... Mwah, 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 mwah. There you go, George Bonnick. And we've also got a baby Harry and it's Zach West. Oh, Zach West. You are the boy who lived. Your parents have been... <laughs> <laughs> in a car crash <laughs> you have been left mm-hmm. with me your auntie and uncle in one I am two people merged into one <laughs> but I have my own baby I have to make a choice now will I neglect you which is against the law and make you sleep under the stairs or will I raise you a good boy I decide to raise you a goodbye. I lift you in my arms, you boy with scar on head, and mwah, 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 mwah. Oh, isn't that nice? Lovely. And we've got another baby, Harry, and it's Holly Krasniki. Holly Krasniki, you are not the boy who lived. You are the boy who lived's cousin. Uh, the boy who lived <laughs> is dropped off at my house. And uh, he is given equal attention, but you feel left out, so I decide to give you double portions. You balloon. Years go by, and you grow to be a very big boy, (laughs) and you are proud of this fact, yet your cousin teases you of this. So, uh, one day, we go to the zoo for your birthday, and he makes the... uh, glass disappear when you're looking at the snake enclosure you fall in the snake runs away you get wet i pick you up and there you go holly and finally for today we'll welcome our final baby harry of the day it's aiden christie oh aiden crispy crispy christie with a t (laughs) (laughs) t <laughs> Ooh, Mr. Crispy. Hey, that sounds like a cornflake mascot, doesn't it? Aiden Crispy. Aiden Fingers Crispy Pancake. You are tucking in to your family's <laughs> favourite treat. Fingers Crispy Pancakes. Um, your <laughs> flatmate at university, for some reason, throws a raw potato at your dinner. In a fit of rage, you pick up your fingers crispy pancake and throw it at him. It he ducks, it hits the uh, cupboard behind his head, and you and he says to you, "You're insane," and walks off. Even though he started it, I come in. I'm your mother. I give you five kisses, and I say, no, Tom Lawrenson, it is you who's right, and it was Lewis Shaw who was wrong. He shouldn't have thrown that potato at your dinner. There we go. Yeah, the first five, I could definitely tell which film it was, but the last one, the last one we got misdubbed. So if anyone knows what film that was, send us a message. 
But thank you very much, Aidan, and thank you much to everyone. Uh, you know, we, we thank people when they join, but, uh, you know, a massive thank you to everyone who continues to support us. Some people have been supporting us for over a year, yeah. so uh, we're very, very grateful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you want to support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Pottervision. We've got nearly 50 extra episodes. There's also bonus uh, videos. You get uh, early releases occasionally. There's... Uh, stickers, posters, key rings, personalised messages, all this kind of stuff. Uh, so, and you'll be supporting us and helping us with our running costs. And, uh, and yeah. coming up for yeah. February, we are doing a tour diary exclusive to the Pottervision Patreon. Yes, so we're doing diary of tour, and then we've got a few uh, places that we're going to visit which have been used in the Harry Potter films. So we're going to be visiting some filming locations... We've got uh, the Hogsmeade train station. We're going to go there. We're going to go to some old castles and abbeys that they've used for like Hogwarts stuff. Uh, and we're going to go to we're going to go to King's Cross in London as well. Platform nine and three quarters and all Wait. that. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be good. Well, I've, I've sent you in a message, and I assume you would agree. So, <laughs> so it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so there'll be stuff like that, as well as us just travelling around, eating our harvesters, and going on tour. So it's going to be loads of fun. So yeah, uh, if you want to buy your tickets, uh, there's still time. Uh, by the time this episode goes out, we'll have done a couple of dates. Uh, but pottervision.com, all the ticket links are there, and we've got shows up until the 4th of March all across the UK, and we'd love to see you there. So next time we will be on episode 107 and it's episode, well, chapter 12 of The Order of the Phoenix, Professor Umbridge. You have been a baby kissing Tom Lawrenson. And you have been the most beautiful man in Fulda, Lucas Kirkby. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Pottervision podcast. The music was performed by Jack Evans. If you'd like bonus content and to support the show, you can visit patreon.com forward slash Pottervision.